0: Hello creative people, welcome to Creative Conversations. My name is Hollis Citron and we are so happy that you have chosen to spend your time with us. I am owner and founder of I Am Creative and Express Yourself Publishing and I am on a mission to expand the definition of creativity beyond a pencil and a paintbrush and to empower people, especially adults, to own their voices and talents that come in so many different forms. This space was created to talk to people with all different kinds of jobs, hobbies, and interests, and to have conversations about experiences and perspectives all centered around three questions. How do you define creativity? How do you incorporate it into your life? And why do you think it's important? Then we have a free-flowing conversation and we see where it goes. So I have had the opportunity to speak to so many I've spoken to musicians, comedians, doctor, lawyer, wrestlers, Reiki masters, and entrepreneurs as young as 13. And these conversations explore the reality that creativity is not cute, it is necessary. People have defined creativity as that magic spark, how we show up in our life, imagination, basically all that we are and want to be, do, or have. So I believe from my heart that sharing these stories Gives one the ability to expand their thinking, open themselves up for more self-expression, to feel more empowered, connected, and dare I say, happy. So my inspiring guest for today is Robert Case. He talked to plants as a child and started listening as an adult. When he was a child, his parents used to call him the absent-minded professor, and yet he managed to get a doctorate in clinical pharmacy. or Yes, sorry. He went into the psychiatric medical world, which all changed with an aha moment or grace visited him as he was nearing completion of his psychiatric pharmacotherapy residency. Sorry, I just killed that. (laughs) So, Robert, welcome to the space. Hey, Alice. Hey, Robert. Great to finally get on here. I am so happy that you are here. This is a big accomplishment, everybody. I am so happy that this is happening and we are having this conversation and people get to hear your story. Um, so,
1: yeah, that was yeah. A, a good introduction. Um, that, um, the aha moment changed and under not undermined, recreated everything that I was doing up to that point. Um, and really exposed to me um, that what we believe in Western medicine is just a part of what's really happening here. And um, and unfortunately, or, or not, um, I responded to that in a way as, as if I was still a child um, and that I thought that I had done something wrong, which is, and I, this is the first time I've ever said this to anybody. Um, mm-hmm. So it was interesting so I ended up you know wandering around sometimes clumsily, sometimes beautifully um, and everything seemed to be going okay and I got a you know, good job and got and promoted into my incompetence and then um, or my thing I couldn't I can't well I can't explain um, there were so many things happening outside my work like um, having um, moments of shamanic-like awareness of meeting a coyote and having a conversation with them and beginning a name by a coyote, um, going to somewhere in the Riverwalk um, in San Antonio to you know, a store. And um surprised, the person uh, who was working there was a Huichal Indian woman and she saw me when she came around the corner and she gasped and dropped the blankets that she was carrying. Oh my gosh. And I said, what did you see? She said you were surrounded with light. And I said, I was just feeling energy. I don't know what it looks like. And wow! so that's kind of like, I, these two things that were not the transition To anything was not smooth Um, (laughs) and the um, so and this all makes sense because of what happened to me on Friday this is like I'm 57 years old now Mm -hmm. the story I was just telling you uh, was in like 1996 I think Uh, 95 96 Um, so now many years later
0: um,
1: I was you know I sold my car so we would have enough money or, or I would lessen my financial footprint <laughs> to borrow that language from <laughs> other areas um, on, on my wife and I because I had just left a job in San Antonio again and um, and I didn't know what was happening and I was got kind of not real sick but I got a little bit sick There and I've had MS for 23 years. Mm -hmm. Um, So, you have permission to um, be a goalie and kick me into playing. Well, I I am going
0: to say just tell us a little bit because I want to do the would you rather question and then dive in.
1: Let's go there.
0: Want to finish Um, this thought so you don't lose it? No, it's okay. It's
1: probably already gone.
0: It's okay. I'll write down. So, I'll say car on Friday and see if that, oh, that sparks any. Oh, yeah, no, no, I, I won't faster. forget that. Okay, okay, so then here we go. So I'm really glad you're here, and to those that are here with us live, so happy that you're here. Feel free to put any questions or comments in the chat box where we can see them and we can respond. So, Robert, let's do our would-you-rather question. Are you ready? I love them. <laughs> <laughs> okay, here we go. So I figured this was good for you, but we'll see. Would you rather have a pause or a rewind button on your life? Well,
1: I think a pause, um, I think that that's more realistic. Um, and I think there's a reason why I've gotten this far, even though it didn't make sense to me Mm -hmm. most of of it in my life. Um, and, um, so yeah, I think I'd go for the pause one.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's like saying door number one. I think well, I'll I go over it.
1: <laughs> I mean, I think what most people would say, most mm-hmm. people would say, and I would say, um, you know, but you can't bargain with, you know, God. So to speak. <laughs> <laughs> that, um, if I could remember, know everything and take that back with me, I would rewind because I don't don't think that's possible. I'm pausing.
0: Mm. Mm. I hear you on that. Yeah. Yeah. And it can be annoying to hear, but it's things do happen for reasons and they are the learning experiences. So as uncomfortable and as shitty as they can feel and confusing as they can feel and whatever word you want to put in there that might not feel so good. Yeah, it is for growth (laughs) and expansion. Um, when we actually use it for that, it's like using our power for good. When we realize that these are learning experiences, uh, then we can expand or grow to the next space. But yes, but when you do give yourself the pause, then you can kind of regroup and breathe in order to get to the next level.
1: I think there's a reason why I went through all that I went through and, um, why I, um, know what I know, learned what I learned and had difficulties where I had difficulties and yeah.
0: elation where I had elation. And, yeah. Okay. So let's have them learn more about you. Um, but we're going to start with the first question, which is, how do you define creativity?
1: I love this question. Um, I, I think creativity happens in a moment um and it's where you bring all that you know about yourself all that you don't know about yourself all your education all your um, training experience every event that has happened in your life just in two moments less than seconds are all still within our memory or in our consciousness mm-hmm. even though we don't have access most people don't have access to everything mm-hmm and so i think that that's the moment and that's where creativity springs from and so it doesn't matter if you're doing a reiki treatment which can be for me intense 50 percent of the time now used to be all the time but about 50 percent of the time now it's <clears throat> more it's really visual it's like you're playing a video game and you're inside a person and you're seeing um like in not concretely what's happening but in this almost uh joseph joseph campbell was the director of your of your reiki experience that would be more like what it would be like Um, Mm. um, things are just different Um, you know they have some qualities of video games um, but the things aren't there you're in a person's lungs and it's all white, it has holes, it looks like torn curtains, or whatever. Um, and that's that's one kind of, and you are in there, and you can call upon things. Actually, it's they're there with you. And if you're in tune enough, and your brain's quiet enough, for all the other things that it's usually doing, um, you can drag in uh, things shown. Like, this. I'm thinking of this particular example. Um. Uh, how about four or five years ago, I was working on this woman and she uh, She didn't tell me that she lived in a Korea, uh, she moved to Korea, she was doing ironing one day and she left the window open and apparently had these industrial uh, contaminated dust storms that popped mm-hmm. up in the city she lived in and everybody knows to close the windows. Because it's toxic, and that people yeah. get really sick, they mm-hmm. get all these lung illnesses and asthma aggravations and pneumonias, and <clears throat> so that happened to her, and she got this uh, severe thing, more severe thing. It's progressive, and it leaves kind of like these torn curtains, things where the alveoli used to be used to be in your lungs, mm-hmm. um, and that those become little pockets or infections and, and become progressively destructive to the lungs. Anyways, um, and then it can also be um, something like, I was asked to teach like this five or six courses in a nursing school just to fill in for a while because the normal nurse that was teaching it um, wasn't gonna be able to do it. So I just went in there and and in the first class, I could see, and this is um, a little history on, on this scenario, is that pharmacology and nurses tend not to get along real well. Not farm, not necessarily pharmacists, but the whole idea of drug therapy, and pharmacists too sometimes, um, don't get along with nurses as well as you might think, generally speaking, in hospitals. Why? Because each one thinks that they know the most important thing to do.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And so neither one I was talking to each other about how they can help each other.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So when I went into this and I could see immediately that I was losing them, like in, within you know 10 minutes, 15 minutes. And I, and so I was like, so what's, ha-? and I was, so what's happening? And I asked them questions. And, and I learned quickly that they didn't understand the mechanisms of illness. And and why, and, and as pharmacists and pharmacologists, you learn that that is why you know about drugs, is because it influences something that's happening in the illness. And the, and the mechanism of the illness is also the thing that causes all the physical symptoms and what your target for the drug therapies are. Mm-hmm. So, and most of these are the- theoretical. I know that now. I didn't know that when I was doing it. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um, so I quickly started explaining them like basic pathophysiology and tying it into what they know about physical assessment and the things that they do for people with why do you weigh a person every day when they have heart failure why do you you know or things like that Mm -hmm. Um, so and they were able to to pull it all together and the next year I was invited or when they graduated a year later rather I was invited to be their um, the graduation speaker. Wow. And I was wow. like, it's like one of the most proud moments in my life.
0: <laughs> wow, wow. But what you're saying there is, so here you were in a situation where you were speaking your thing and you saw that you were losing them, their eyes were glazing over or however they were showing what they were showing. But then you realize, okay, let's meet them where they are, speak their language take your knowledge, your information, but have it apply to them in a way where it makes sense. You're not speaking over them or above them, but you're speaking to them. So they can understand it. Exactly.
1: Exactly. And they did really well. And you know, in our little section.
0: Well, obviously, because they, (laughs) they invited you back. Yeah. Yeah. That was, anyway, that's that's beautiful. That is creativity. That is creativity, that is.
1: In a Reiki session, you're doing that, and all of a sudden you have this, you know what hydro seeding is? I don't. That when they, sometimes when you, they do some work um, on the highways or or the road, and they tear up all the grass around it, or, and then they spray something that looks like green carpeting. Okay. On the areas, and, and it's called hydro seeding. It's just like a gun, it looks like a gun, but it shoots water and fertilizer and grass seed. And it just, mm-hmm. you can spray it on the area. Mm-hmm. And then it turns into hopefully lush green grass. Mm-hmm. And so I was like working on the same woman I was telling you about, and that her lungs were looking pretty torn up and they were white um, and ragged and next thing I know, I had this thing that looked like a gun in my hand mm-hmm. in my Reiki session, and I'm like, and I was like, and I and I've never done this before, but I knew what it was.
0: <laughs>
1: and I usually, I, and I have to, I, when I do Reiki sessions and stuff like that, I have to say it out loud to myself to like make it my own. It's like I have to like put it, like show it up on a screen so that my brain can register that what's happening. -hmm. Um, So, anyways, and that's it. Like, how how on earth would I know that I could do help, maybe help this woman with this potentially, well, no, not potentially, with this chronic lung condition by reseeding her lungs with whatever, this, this, some kind of chi mechanism um, that might help her, um, the cells in her lungs start growing again.
0: So just to be clear, this is a metaphorical, this is like not an actual thing that you had in your hand. Just so listeners understand. No,
1: it's in a Reiki treatment. Yeah, this, it's a metaphorical. It's, it's like in a dream. Yes. You're so, awake in a dream and you're doing
0: yeah. these things. So that, cause it's being channeled. Cause it's not you, Robert, it's being channeled through you to understand what needs to be done to help her. Yeah, exactly. So then how did it go? before, before I ask you another question, (laughs) we want to know, like, was she, was there improvement? Well, it's, it wouldn't, um, because she had no acute
1: exacerbations of this, um, problem. It's called bronchiolitis obliterans. It's really mouthful. Um, Mm -hmm. but the obliterans captures what's happening inside of her lungs, obliteration. Mm -hmm. Um, so she had nothing going on there, and so we wouldn't expect to see anything you know in a couple weeks. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the things that came out of this, which I think is and she used to talk about all, tell me about the food that she ate and it always was making her sick um, when I would see like you know at, talk to her and see how she was doing it. Um, and um, one of the things that did happen in our couple of weeks left in the four weeks of treatment, um, is that she became a vegan and she started feeling better. Huh. So, okay. I think that sometimes when you leave the door ajar, <laughs> um, mm-hmm. answers come from wherever they come from, and you don't have to know everything. Mm-hmm. Back in the in that story about the woman from Korea, I didn't know anything about what was going on with her. Yeah. You know, I'm like walking through this dream and I have this intuition to look down and there's this kind of like dust rhinos. They're bigger than dust hamsters and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. Um, And uh, so I just kind of reached down in this dream and I pulled it aside and I see that there's, I was standing right in front of a door in the floor. And I could see the little hook where you could reach down and grab it and open it, and and so that's uh, that's creativity, in the same same time frame. Um, but it's it's always it's there, it's always around us, whether or not we're doing Reiki, dreaming, whatever. It's there. These are the synchronistic moments that we're all should be paying attention to.
0: Wow. Gosh, we only have, <laughs> our, our time frame is an hour to speak and there's so much to cover. Uh, I want people, things that I'm going to say, these words, which I just think are so beautiful that will, are coming to my head and things that you're talking about is intuition, uh, shamanic, you mentioned in the beginning, dreaming. These are I, I would love for you to share your story on <clears throat> how you got um, uh, how you got to this space when you went to school for you know pharmacology. So you would think that this is pretty straightforward. It's well, it's not straight. just kind of like okay, you're going to medical school, you're studying this. But then, if I remember correctly when we spoke prior, 16 months before your residency was over, things kind of changed.
1: Um, okay. Let's back up real quick. So
0: it's, yeah. Pharm- pharmacy school. Yes. Okay. Not medical school.
1: And Thank it was you. Six weeks, not 16 weeks.
0: Okay. But yeah, there we go.
1: Right. Um,
0: so, so share that please. Yes. Expand on that.
1: Well, there's, I, I can tell you a couple things from my childhood. Okay. Um, there's three things that come to mind. One of them I didn't even wake up to until I was in my, uh, I was in graduate school, I think, or or in uh, undergrad, I don't remember, Um, but it was after my post high school. um, I had this awareness of this moment when I was like six years old, um, that was so profound that I, I still remembered it so clearly. Um, I was at a gas station when people still came out and pumped your car and cleaned your windows. And there was (laughs) a guy came out and he cleaned the windows of my mother's baby blue duster. (laughs) (laughs) And, uh, And I remember thinking this was like so important and so relevant to me. And I didn't know why. And I just kind of stored it until I got in somewhere after high school. And I realized that that was my life's purpose. That's what, that my purpose was to help people see more clearly. Mm. Oh, wow. And I didn't quite, you know, digest that
0: until much later. Oh yeah, that's kind of a metaphor of (laughs) cleaning the windshield to seeing more clearly, yeah. Right, for a six-year-old, right? Yeah, it's kind of big. and then my, my dad got, uh,
1: my mom threw my dad out with just cause. <laughs> um, okay. when, uh, when I was three and a half, um, 30 days after my grandfather had a heart attack at a parade with me and my grandmother, and he died there. Oh, wow. Um, but that's not, a, it's just a, so my, my life between those two events and till when my stepfather showed up, was pretty difficult, was really, really difficult, actually. Um, mm-hmm. And, uh, but my, my, apparently my mom brought home like two or three guys ever that she dated with between three and a half and nine, my nine, so five and a <clears> half <throat> years. And she, uh, and I never, and I, I don't remember this, but I used to stay up in my bedroom and refuse to come down hmm Um then she brought home the guy that she ended up marrying, uh, Vincenzito Giovanni Leone. <laughs> um so Vinny was visit, came to visit me and meet me. Um and when he came over, I came, immediately came down, went and sat next to him and talked to him for literally an hour, according to reports. Wow. And um And they ended up getting married and it was really great for both of them they were both really happy Mm -hmm. Um, and I was really happy too I had I had the shield that a father should be in a child's life um, that I never had Mm. so um, those are two things where intuition was guiding the other one when i was like 12 or 13 my grandfather died and um and when the phone rang um i knew what i had knew what happened Mm -hmm. that was the only other thing that happened kind of intuitively Mm -hmm. um so there are always hints um when i moved up when i moved to austin to start my residency I moved to a co-op, and um, one of the, two of the people that lived in there, I was probably whatever I was, 26 or 27, Um, and there were two women that were living in the co-op. It was just like nine people that lived in the co-op. It was a no-alcohol, no-drugs co-op. The two people, the two women, one was 50, one was 60s, um, retired. and. they were both nurses. The younger one was a psychiatric nurse. And so we talked a lot. Um, and she's, um, told me that she really wanted me to, um, this is, I'm getting, sorry, I'm getting too bogged down in the details. Um,
0: finish this thought and then I'll redirect.
1: I will just say that, um, I was able, I was, um, uh, so with, through her, she was kindness and thought that I would be a good person to experience taking acid for the first time. And I thought that pharma, being a pharmacologist and that that I always, seemed to me that acid was the closest thing to a model of schizophrenia than all mm-hmm. the other crazy stupid things that we were doing on animals. Um, so I was like, sure, and I did it. And, um, and that was a very enlightening. And, and my response to that was very, um, I always imagined It would be like this
0: huh okay so it was a good
1: experience oh completely good and it was interesting because i did we did most of it and the first two-thirds of it was outdoors and nature and then for the last little bit we went to someplace um the uh the capitol building in austin texas (laughs) okay and that was a completely different experience (laughs) oh yeah (laughs) um so anyways and and then i also and that was probably in march around march 2nd my birthday um the residency ended at the end of june um and about maybe four to six weeks before the aha moment about yeah four to six weeks before the aha moment i had the opportunity to take um psilocybin mushrooms for the first time mm-hmm. and um and i did and um i remember telling we had went after the next weekend. We went with the our the residency director and the, um, the other resident to a a meeting um, put on by the National Institute of Health, uh, some subdivision there. And they um, and I remember we were in Boca Raton, and I told the, um, the other resident that um, that. I had done mushrooms weekend before and that I thought we really had a lot to learn from them. Mm-hmm. And um, then things went sour. And then I had my aha moments several weeks later. And, um, and let's just say that her and the uh, director has started a special project of their own. <laughs> okay just leave it as
0: that okay so he, so here so here you started to have these aha moments and the world was kind of opening up in a different way which I don't know from the outside to me it sounds like it was matching more of what you were seeing kind of your whole life um yeah with with the colors and with the with the energy and with the deeper uh the, the different ways of seeing things it sounds like it opened you up a lot more.
1: I used to, um, one of my, when I was going to be a speaker again, like a year and a half ago, that's what I titled my, uh, my signature, quote unquote, signature speech, is that I only learned a way of seeing.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, so yeah, I would completely agree with what you just said. Um, when I, um, so I'm driving around with Catherine, That's the nurse who introduced me to the LSD. And, you know, just to let you everybody in the audience here know, I um, took acid three times in my life, and I never bought any of it myself. Mm -hmm. So I I wasn't, like, kind of addicted to anything, Mm -hmm. psychologically or physically. It was just, it was like a great, it was like a teacher, a great teacher. Was introduced to me, and the same thing with a mushroom. Great teacher, mm-hmm. I didn't continue doing
0: it. I well, it's ex- Yeah, I'm sorry.
1: Oh, no, I was saying I felt like I learned what it was wanting to teach me, and I moved on.
0: Right, it was there for that moment of what you needed to learn, and it opened you up. So, in what I call the seeds of physical illnesses or call to compassion and healing. When, so how long ago? You said twenty-three years ago you were diagnosed with MS. Nineteen ninety-nine, yeah. So in this, were you already in this mindset of uh, more natural? Um, were you open in this way?
1: Well, at this point, um, absolutely. Um, a, a lot of I had learned Reiki, and I'd been studying herbs, and I used to make my own flower essences. And I used to do. Um, yeah lots of that, uh, that sort of stuff um, so when I had the my first event um, that showed that I probably had MS um, I this you know I hate it <laughs> I was I didn't hate I'm sorry that's a really wrong word especially because of the rest of the story I want to tell you today yeah. um, the uh... I went to the neuro-ophthalmology clinic in Emory University um, in Atlanta, and um, the the, Dr. Newman um, came in, and she we talked a little bit, and then she and she said asked me if I wanted to get an MRI, and I said no, not right now. And then she started. She headed out. She headed towards the door. She got to the door. She opened it, and she looked back, and she said, "Are you chicken?" chicken yeah and I said to myself I thought to myself pardon my language but there's no I'm sorry I'll clean it up a little bit a freaking way <laughs> I'm letting you anywhere near me right you know so and that mm-hmm. started my my um, my um, Ayurvedic and uh, Chinese medicine um, treatment of myself or not not doing it all myself getting help from people that I trusted more than
0: um well you have I just have to say sorry to interrupt but you have an advantage in a sense I'm seeing I mean with all of your knowledge with all of your schooling of western medicine absolutely so there's all of this this knowledge you're not just coming into something being completely raw and like a newbie in this but oh my gosh what you just said is showing such control from what I see of of being if a doctor who's supposed to be the expert in this case says to you what are you chicken
1: yeah
0: and then you had you had the ability and I think it's important for people to hear this to say um no (laughs) like you don't you're not going to bully me and you are not the end of I get to I get to make decisions in this space
1: yes and and this is huge, <laughs> you know. Uh, you know, just listening to you, you choose the word, choose the words that you just chose. Um, I got goosebumps all over. Um, so yeah, and um, so can I tell you what I
0: wanted to tell you this morning. Yes, please. About the so, car, about on Friday? The yeah, car on so Friday, on yes. so on Friday,
1: I was drove, my wife and I are sharing the car, as I mentioned. Mm-hmm. And um, and I don't remember exactly what happened, but um, I yelled uh, louder than I think i had ever loud- yelled, certainly at her, um, before. and mm-hmm. um, And I felt like I was protecting a boundary. Is what it felt like okay
0: and, um, your, your boundary
1: yeah okay N- nothing that she would know about or see but it was just something happened and then so she got out of the car I got took over and I was driving I Was gonna go to the grocery store and I got about two blocks down the road and it occurred to me that Robert some part of you hates yourself this is the first time i've ever chosen those words actually i didn't say some part of you i just said oh my god i hate myself some part of me yeah no i i don't even remember i -hmm. know that i was using the word hate and i was um, and i directing it back at myself Mm -hmm. and this is is so important for me because my mom, um, I, I got sick after the two events I mentioned. My mom got extremely um, physically punitive, punishing, um, with hands and pulling hair and wooden spoons. And it was always, as a child, I remember, it was really unpredictable, and I didn't know, often I didn't know what I did wrong, mm-hmm. um, and why I was being hit and screamed mm-hmm. at. I have a cousin that I still talk to. She's like, I always told your mom, this does stop screaming so loud. Mm-hmm. So anyways, I just, um. and then today, and then the next day I um, was, I had a, a, this interview and I'm going to um, start taking classes and learning how to work with, um, uh, modern mindfulness. Okay. Um, and it's a training organization, a global training organization. Mm-hmm. And um, we were just talk, talking to the guy, in, and um, for this last thing for me like, to give him some money. Um, and for the for, he said something, and we were talking about like what I just told you about. You know, I was yelling at my wife, and blah blah, blah and she was. And it's not, I don't remember exactly what I said, but he said, um, she really loves you. She must really love you. And, and for the first time, I realized in, in, in a new and different way that, yes, somebody hmm. really loves me. Hmm. And it was like this profound moment for me. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So basic and fundamental.
0: Hmm. But what you opened up with and how you define creativity is in the moments.
1: Yeah. Exactly. That's why I wanted to share these two things about the hate, hating self, and realizing that someone actually really loves me. Right, right. In the moment. Mm. <laughs> and so, even solving your own problems. Creativity.
0: Oh, yeah. Problem solving is huge.
1: Yeah. And you bring everything to bear in every moment. Mm. So, you just, so I thought mindfulness teaching would be helpful because um, I've mean, been I wanting to see a therapist for the last, I guess, about five weeks now. And one of the first goals that I have is to develop awareness of core beliefs. And I think that the two things I just told you are really essential.
0: Yes, they are. Wow. Well, thank you for sharing them and being vulnerable. We, we appreciate that. It's that's what I love about these conversations is that they are conversations and uh, don't always know where they're going to go. It's structured around the three questions, which I'm just about to get to the second question, but really appreciate your vulnerability and what you're sharing. um, Because I think it's very relatable.
1: So I appreciate your uh, talking to love talking to you Hollis.
0: Well, thank you. Yeah, I love talking to you too. Uh, It's easy. So as we move on to the second question, which is for you, how do you incorporate more creativity into your own life?
1: Um, I think that for me, it it actually really does come down to, I've done uh, a fair amount, not consistent, that's pretty much with just about everything I've done, Um, consistent meditation practice, in mantra practice, um, Tai Chi, whatever, I've always been involved in these things, because I find the value in them is that they bring you, they make you need more grounded. They make me and, and with grounding comes the strength to with, to stand in the moment and to bring to bear all the things that have happened to you, the good, bad, the good things, the shitty things mm-hmm. to be creative, to solve problems, to make um, works of art with your granddaughter. Mm hmm. Um, to be willing to start a project with her and step back and not want to control everything that's happening.
0: Mm hmm. My gosh, thank you for saying that. I have to just say quickly with that when I co-owned a clay studio and we had birthday parties and things like that. Uh, it became a mantra where we said to the parents, step away from the clay. <laughs> step away from the clay. They'd always be hovering back and then they'd say, well, maybe you want to add. And we'd have to go, ah. yeah. <laughs> no, <laughs> it is your child's peace. And usually there was a giggle that came along with it. And some people's face kind of tightened up a little bit, <laughs> but yes, <laughs> so continue. <laughs> No, so that
1: that's my answer. is like to cultivate this mindfulness and living in the moment with foundation, with grounding. You need to have peace in your first chakra and an energetic connection to the earth is where your strength comes from.
0: Yeah when do you for you is it meditating and mantras throughout the day or is it uh more of like a morning routine kind of thing
1: well it's good it's gonna change when i start i start on tuesday with this group um i was doing it depends like last summer i was doing like up to i was doing like an hour and a half to two hours every morning and then another Wow, thirty minutes to an hour every night before bed. Okay, and I was doing primarily mantra. Um, I did some courses that were more. I practiced those usually during the day,
0: mm-hmm.
1: and some and add those where they fit. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm at one of the books that um, I've worked on that I will get out this summer um, mm-hmm. is a book about the grounding in the first chakra um, and uh, and hopefully this <laughs> I have been. Mean, it's taken me um, it's taken this guy who was helping me write the launch sequence and, um, and prepare my convert kit uh, launch and all that stuff and he just like just went on vacation for like three weeks and then he didn't and he never re- answered his emails so the whole thing's been put off like at least two months and then before that was like a month of me trying how to figure out how to use convert and i don't have the patience for that
0: <laughs> and um, so, so and- let's a- so let's actually i'm sorry to interrupt but i want i want i want you to talk about your actual book can you tell people about your actual book because i think that and who, who your audience is? Oh. Um, the...
1: Uh, um, so the name of the book is Song of the Moonflower. It's a short picture book. And I'm saying it's for ages 5 to 11. Um, the, uh, the audience are parents, teachers, um, especially the parents and teachers that are more interested in nature, um, learning from nature, um, open to mysticism, because this happened, um, I went to a couple workshops from a guy named Steven Buhner um, and he's published, he's still around and he's published when I first met him, he was writing more books about Native Americans and plant medicine. And now he's talking about the plants and sacred plant medicine and imaginal realm, is what he's calling where this all happens. Mm-hmm. Um, the things that you and I are calling intuition, stuff like that. Um, mm-hmm. And um, so the song, um, The Song of the Moonflower, uh, Gift of Peace, is about uh, an experience I had with a plant. Um, after the workshop I kept thinking about this plant, thinking about this plant, went back to Atlanta, worked for the a day and then I went had the next day off and I decided I'm going to drive back to where um, I did been doing workshops with uh, Stephen and that was just a couple hours um, north of where we were living or up in the north or in the, in the Appalachians uh, in the north georgia mountains so i went up there and i was immediately walked in to through the gate and into the pasture that we have to walk through to get where we were, where we were practicing and this plant was all alone in the middle of the pasture and it was like grabbing at my attention and so i went over there i did a little my little ceremony and um and i said great spirit i'm connected to this plant and I was, in fact, connected, and immediately started having the sensation of falling and falling and falling, which has a lot to do with grounding. Um, and so I, I met. So, how much of the story do you want to hear?
0: <laughs> well, I mean, you. Know, I mean, you don't have to tell the whole thing, but I think it's just an interesting mm-hmm. concept of what you're. It's this only four us...
1: pages. I, I'll so, just say so.
0: <laughs> yeah, give it like
1: a quick synopsis of so, it. So the guy says that I am connected to this beautiful plant being and he falls and he falls and he falls and he falls until he splashes into water. He he sees a beach out uh, in the distance, in the near distance, and he starts swimming towards it and he realizes that he's not swimming like a human, he's swimming like a frog. And in fact, he gets onto the beach and he hops up on the beach and there's a hand laying down on the beach, palm up. And the frog, without any fear or hesitation, hum, hum, goes over there and hops into the hand, his hand, and the hand lifts him up and holds it in, in front of the face of the being that it belongs to. Hmm. And that being is Father Skye, a gray-haired Native American man. I don't say some of these things in the book. Um, and, um, he, and then Father Sky strokes the back of the frog and says, everything is all right. And now me, my consciousness is in the frog. So it's like being part of everything, but not
0: being the frog or just the frog. Does that make sense? It. So what is it? So with a child reading this, what is the main message that you are getting across?
1: Everything is all right. Hmm. No matter, and because when Father Sky says everything, he means everything. He doesn't mean nothing is too small or nothing is too big or self-important. Um, nothing is too s- small and unimportant. Um, and when he says all right, he doesn't mean everything is pretty good or mostly okay. He means everything is perfect, just mm-hmm. the way it is right now.
0: Yeah, no there how it looks,
1: is. it how it looks
0: to us that's 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 where it is everything is perfect the way it is right now yes yeah yeah i just think it's so interesting we could talk for hours and hours about it about how you know with ayurvedic medicine and um you know changing diets and flower essences and your connection so before we actually get to the last question and get because we're rounding up to the top of the hour uh, tell us about your first experience with the plant and the connection with plants when you were younger? Because you know, honestly, when I started I, off, it said he talked to plants as a child, and then he started listening as an adult.
1: Honestly, I don't remember that. Okay. But my mother used to say that my grandmother used to say that mm-hmm. My great aunts. These are the four women that raised me. Okay. We lived in a duplex. <laughs> <laughs> and what would they say? they would just say you bobby yeah you used to yeah you used to talk to the plants you know or animals i was always like just attracted and drawn to to nature and it was one of the best things about visiting my father um is that we would go to parks and we would go and see listen hear the you know the rivers and see lake ontario And we would see the fall colors, and we would see deer, and we would see beavers, and we would see all sorts of stuff. And that was just a great thing. And my grandfather had a big garden. And so, and they, my dad bought me a gun. I never shot my gun. Mm -hmm. Um, Bought me a bow and arrow. I used to shoot my bow and arrow. But yeah, it was, I was just, I preferred. Another interesting story, I don't know if we, um, is that in fourth and fifth grade, um, my teacher that I had in fourth grade um, went and became a fifth grade teacher, but only two people stayed in his class. Everybody else moved on to other fifth grade teachers. Okay, two people that stayed were me and my best friend Mark or Tina. Um, mm-hmm. Mark and I used to draw pictures for our classroom. I used I used to have a set of encyclopedias encyclopedias Mm time-life encyclopedias about nature and I used to bring them in and we used to do draw pictures of whatever whales fishes birds whatever we would do these collections Mm -hmm. of animals and we were and anyways so we were like spoiled (laughs) and and we kept us because mark ended up we were both hurt in our own ways but it's not the way you know, in fourth and fifth grades, we're just friends. We don't know that about that, these things. Yeah. We might not even talk about them that much. But Mark ended up committing suicide in high school. Oh wow. And um and I didn't because Vinny showed up in my life. My stepfather showed up in my life. Mm-hmm. Um so yeah. But and so there was always that, that's that's connection, this desire to be close to animals and nature
0: wow so you felt like that this teacher gave you the space in order to be expressive in that way
1: absolutely mm-hmm. i mean we use an overhead projector not not an overhead what's the other one that you can like put a book on and it shines the image yeah
0: up? yeah yeah so it is an overhead.
1: Mm-hmm. so we used to do that and we used to take our I used to bring in my books and we would show those up, you know, like just these little themes and we would do whatever, six, 10 pictures. And for this one, whatever, like three foot by four foot posters or corkboard in, in the room. Um, it's, so,
0: it's so important to have that expression and it's so important for, here you had a connection with, his name was Mark, correct? yeah yeah so you guys had this connection and you had a common interest and you had this teacher an instructor who allowed you the space to be expressive in that way so that's wonderful that that you had that it's you hate to say it's a gift but it is when someone gets you it's it's like my son when he was in second grade he went through a um Ringo star <laughs> um, thing. And and when he was learning uh, cursive and to, like to write his name, um, he would put Jared and then the little carrot Ringo Citron. <laughs> and his teacher was really cool with it. His teacher would smile and say, right. you know, he would support it. It wasn't just like your name is Jared. <laughs> yeah. You know, she's totally she, she got him. She understood him. That's great. Um, yeah. Um...
1: I, yeah, in fact, I never thought much about why that we were the only two people in our class that got held back to stay with Mr. Albert, and
0: it was it was great. Yeah. Well, as we are getting to the top of the hour, um, I'm going to ask you the third and final question, and it is: Why do you think creativity is important? Um. This is how we contribute to
1: the world. And this is the mechanism for that. And it's also how you heal yourself and how you heal others. Um, if you don't express this mm. completely, if you don't get, keep digging until you get to the emotions, you may get sick. <laughs> mm. or, or your relationships. Um, you will not, not show up completely. In your relationships, if you don't um, express it you know, down to the bone. Mm. That's how I feel now because I've realized yes, I can. It is, can and I said this, and I told the, the meditation teacher <laughs> that was hiring me um, that he, and I told him the story. I told you this already. Um, yeah, he, he gets it, in that, um, and that he thought it was a sign in that the real to confess that I hated myself was a huge sign of progress.
0: Yeah. <laughs> well, what you said about um, digging and releasing and expressing and expressing the emotions, saying the words um admitting all of these things these layers we need we need to do this it's in order to grow in order to expand they can't because if you're not expressing you're repressing good, good one. <laughs> that does not that does not serve anybody any like you said it make you sick it can make you sick make you cranky just make you miserable and, and yeah there's no reason and every, and and those around you yes yes it's not just about us it's about the
1: people around us and actually yeah and it's and, and if you know anything if you don't know about bruce lipton and you're not curious about things like um oh gosh uh, there i'm gonna i'm blanking on a word now sorry
0: it's Okay. Um,
1: anyways if you're interested in bruce lipton um you should check out the book biology of belief okay it's been out for at least five years okay Um, but i think it's very impactful well check Um, it out and it's and it's about his realization in the medical world and and working with cells that um it's really cells are nothing um except for what their environment environment makes of them Mm. um you know he took um he was doing this back in the 60s he was taking he was first like 64 65 or something around there um he was taking stem cells and putting them in di- different growth mediums so he put one like same cell in um like in the growth medium for bones and the growth medium for neurons and i'm gonna get this wrong and the growth medium for something else and it turned into completely different cell wow but it was the exact same pluripotent cell that he put in each different dish. And they became something completely dependent on their environment. And this is his lesson for Mm. everybody.
0: Mm. There's so much wisdom in that. Yeah. So much. So as we're getting to the top of the hour here, can you please tell people how they can find you and... What you want to share about how they can connect, and when your book is coming out, and all that stuff, or generally when the book's coming out? I'm I'm going to tell
1: you some general th- generalities because things are kind of paused and um, mm-hmm. stagnant. Um, okay. The um, you can get a hold of me now by going to robertcase um, at gmail dot com. Um. My website is in process. It's called babas, B-A-B-A, no, I'm sorry, yeah. <laughs> B-A-B-A apostrophe S hyphen books. OK. Ed, dot com. Um, And what else? Oh, and the name of the book is going to be released on um, Ingram Sparks. Mm-hmm. And on um, Kindle and Amazon.
0: Wonderful. Well, I'm excited.
1: This, yeah, I'm excited too.
0: Yeah, what were you gonna say you're hoping what? I'm hoping this is done in two months or three months two months. <laughs> okay, so the goal is that by the end of the summer, so before we say our goodbyes, um I know this is kind of a big question, but i want to, I just feel like I want to address it before we end before um, I say my goodbyes so in what I call this the seeds of physical illness or call to compassion and healing, if you can tell us briefly what that means, what does the compassion and healing um. mean to you Well. <clears throat>
1: I think compassion is one of the most important functions of the heart or the heart mind and um and I think that is something that we can cultivate and um, something that I found eastern religions um a, a more accessible source for myself mm-hmm. um and um And I don't think that to me, compassion and healing, those are like in the examples of Reiki that we talked about, there is no perfect example for compassion to feel completely without judgment. Then in my experience, that's what Reiki was for me, was Mm. this rapid, Deep dive into compassion, mm. and 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 does that make sense? I'm just, my wife tells me not to say that, but
0: yeah, no, it does. <laughs> well. But Reiki is
1: completely non-judgmental, and someone is inviting you into their being, allowing you to access their being, and trusting you. Mm-hmm. And and I am working with guides. That I've never even seen before and I completely trust them
0: yeah it is it's all about trust
1: so where do you end where do I begin Mm. where does my healing not affect my neighbor where does my feeling healing not affect the people I work with Mm.
0: You know i mean there is no boundaries here whoo we could get here we're getting really philosophical it is a very deep concept and it's true but we're all connected we're all energy we're all where are the boundaries there are we need to set boundaries in certain ways in order to protect ourselves i find to protect myself agree with you but at the same time we are we are all connected because our actions affect other people our emotions affect other people and on a smaller scale and on a grander scale yes so we are going to have to continue this conversation at another time but robert i want to thank you so much for hanging out and sharing who you are with everybody and thank you i hope that you got somebody get some benefit from it
1: i hope someone uh emails me too
0: yeah (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Well, you know what? Why don't you type your email in the chat box while I say the goodbyes? So why don't you put it in the chat box there um, if you see how to do that. And I am just going to say to everybody, thank you so much to those joining us here live. We appreciate you those catching the replay. We know you could be doing anything with your hour and we so appreciate you hanging out with us. This space is all about inspiring each other connection and sharing stories. So please like, follow, share all of that good stuff so we can get oh, this no. goodness. Don't don't hang We're, up, Hollis. I'm not hanging up. I'm still talking. Okay. I was just in the middle of talking. Just because
1: <laughs> I made a mistake
0: there. It's okay. It's okay. Or maybe it um, just doesn't fit. It's yeah. It's okay. Um, I don't know how that happened. But we, uh, I believe we've always needed this, but we have need it now more than ever. We need to lift each other up. We need to share. We need to just, lift each other's spirits up so please like follow share and spread the goodness and um yeah so wherever you are in this world i wish you a good morning a good afternoon and a good evening and look forward to connecting soon so goodbye everybody that was beautiful hollis thank you thank you bye feeling inspired Let's just get rid of this, throw away this whole perfectionism thing, this whole concept that we have to know how to do everything. You know what? You don't. <laughs> Let's just do things and try things and realize what we like and what we don't like. It's all part of the process. The self-awareness feels so good. You feel more connection to yourself, connection to others, and huh? be a happier more joyful person just imagine that so you are where you are in the process so you can dip your toe in the water to try new things at a slower pace or you can dive right in here at I am creative and Express Yourself publishing we meet you where you are so there are so many ways to check us out explore our experiential kits they have everything in them that you need to try new things you don't have to buy anything else but this kit and just explore there's creative Shui, which is seven elements to join happiness through the publishing house, express yourself publishing, multi-author books, coffee books, solo book opportunities. It is all about expression, all about it. And it's, again, just trying these things and realizing what you're good at. Don't all of a sudden think that you only fit into one box because we don't. We are not made for boxes. <laughs> there is also my TV show, I Am Creative check it out the links are all in the body of this podcast you can just click the link and you know what don't say oh maybe i'll check it out tomorrow life's too short just click it see what it's about there is honestly no judgment it's all about exploring the possibilities expressing yourself and expanding your thinking i will give you the website which is creativephilly.com. So I am creativephilly, And just remember that you are an expressive being, so own it. I am looking forward to hearing your story because we all have one.